Hey, welcome to It's Mine Is Yours. I'm Jesse. And I'm Hope. This is your audio guidebook to post-millennial relationships. Today, we are talking about mental health and emotions that are affected, how to deal with your own mental health, and also if you're in a relationship or if you have friends who are going through hard times or uh, are just needing either more support or maybe even more distance, how to deal with that and how we deal with emotions in our own mental health. I think that has changed over the course of our relationship. Yeah. Especially this past year, we started going to therapy. Both did. Yeah, individually. Yep. And that's a, I think that's a, was a good step this year. We found ways to cope with anxiety, depression, grief through other means and past therapy. Mm -hmm. But going to therapy actively now as an adult. And consistently. You can definitely see, I think now my maturity in what age I'm at, I can actually ask the right questions because I'm going there to better my mind. I'm mm -hmm. going to better my mind right now. And also it's helping me notice some areas that I might not be focusing on because I do feel like a complete person usually. <laughs> uh, and I do have some struggles. Maybe we should talk about our struggles first. Maybe surface level struggles. Struggies. <laughs> like you forming sentences? Yeah, my surface level druggy sentence forming. <laughs> That's a struggy. <laughs> my biggest ones that are common are work stress. Mm -hmm. With that, the thought that I'm not able to get enough money for us. And then around money, it then goes to taxes and... Oh, it's overwhelming. Your thoughts just snowball at it, some point. Yeah. So that's some of my struggle. Sure. I can understand all those things for you especially. I, on the other hand, am going to therapy to heal my inner child, hmm. to rediscover my self-worth and self-confidence, hmm. and to be a better wife and mother. Because yes. being a first-time parent is extremely hard. Oh, yeah. A huge difference between being just married and also of course single like mm -hmm. that those two steps being single then being married and then having a child are all extremely huge steps into different ways of living yeah and i think it's been especially beneficial having a therapist who can talk to me about like parenting things because my family lives so far away so with those struggles that we have how have we other than therapy uh, chosen to deal with them or maybe some tips from therapy that we've been given i know for a fact that our prayer life hmm. has greatly impacted our mental health and yeah. emotions in general for sure i heard a statistic about prayer and couples that pray uh are it's like something like point zero f on daily couples who pray together daily are not even the chart of divorce mm-hmm like the just the idea in this and this goes even further back this is how we are created to be it wasn't supposed to be just man and wife it was supposed to be man and wife with god being the leader of that relationship communing with him daily with your spouse creates a f solid foundation so you i i agree with that i think it's the solid foundation for what gets us in the same mindset mm -hmm. brings us together at a 
multiple times per day and helps us to encourage each other through, you know, this is the direction we want to go. And I've reformed my prayer in general to be thankful. I like to like specifically say certain things I'm thankful about, especially about my family. And then I go to help us to glorify God. Yeah. Because really that's, that's the only thing we should be praying for. Yeah. And I can tell that it's affecting me too. Cause like when I pray with Elizabeth, just the two of us, I pray like, Lord, thank you. And let we, all that we do bring you glory. Yeah. We don't pray selfishly. Yeah. Growing up, it was, well, specifically my mother prayed a certain prayer that was very good. Yeah, may the Lord bless and keep you, make his face shine on you, sustain you, and give you peace. And then she would thank God for, for various things as well. And uh, that structure really keeps our mindset on what is truly important in life, too. So it, it is definitely a part of mental coping. Also, if you're praying for him to sustain you, that is a daily prayer. It's not yeah. a all-encompassing, one-and-done sort of thing. Mm. You need to be sustained each and every day. Yeah. And which is also why I think God said, give us this day our daily bread. Like he didn't say, give us all the days ahead of us our daily bread. He said, I'm grateful for today. Mm-hmm. Give me what I need today. And that keeps you also not worrying about yeah. the future. It really cuts down on the opportunities to be anxious. Yeah. So another thing that I have used in the past to cope with anxiety or stress about things but is the stop method which is i literally tell myself to stop in my mind stop thinking about whatever's making me anxious or sad or or worried and then t would be think about what triggered that anxiety or or sadness and then breathe deeply for at least 10 reps that's the o part for oxygen oxygen. and then p be pray and move forward Um, And that really helped me through uh, when I was in uh, high school uh, because I was a very anxious and depressed boy. It's a very easy thing to remember because it's just stop. It's effective for me at least, especially because it's it's not only combining spirituality, but it's also combining it with science, which is oxygen in your brain helps you think more clearly. Yeah. (laughs) We we forget that too often when being anxious because it's usually shallow breaths around those moments, right? Yeah. There have been times where I've been like hyperventilating and you've told me this Mm -hmm. and like you've helped me breathe through it. And then we've been able to get to a place to pray. Yeah. I don't think you've had one of those outbreaks for years now yeah it was from the we first got married like she had some breakdowns and i was grateful to have the knowledge to like breathe and just try to be a calm mind and calm body uh, around that situation yeah and i think also our living circumstances have changed yeah i would have a very stressful job before we moved yeah so it was a lot of very intense days Mm mm-hmm yeah, it was very emotional, especially when they left, too. Yeah. Uh, and graduated, almost. Yeah, there were a couple that we were able to graduate by the time we were done. It's so good. All right, cool. Well, those are two ways to cope. Another way like to help. that I've been taught, I haven't had to use it yet, thankfully, but it's a five senses grounding. So five hmm. things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can touch. 
Hmm. Two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. And by the time you get to the taste, it usually like triggers you to like go get a piece of gum or a mint and kind of remove yourself from that situation. Hmm. Wow. And just become more present into what's actually happening around you, not giving into those chaotic thoughts, really. Hmm. Those are those also recycling thoughts that build yes. snowballing effect. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be a good one to implement within the T of stop. Just stop and then think, which would be the, about the five senses. And that will get your mind off whatever you're thinking about. Because sometimes just trying to think rationally about it right away, you probably you might not be able to get there. So yeah. doing the, those steps, especially if it's a, a very big uh, weight or, or an anxiety attack of sorts, uh, that would be a great way. I know that would help me get out of the mindset of whatever I'm thinking about. Yeah, and I think being able to like ground yourself in the present instead of hmm. some hypothetical thought. Yeah will help shift you out of that mind space yeah hypotheticals keep me up at night i will sometimes lay there in bed just thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and i'll have to tell my mind stop like stop you need to just rest you can't do anything better now another coping mechanism that we've talked about at therapy is either playing back a song Hmm. that you know all the words to that's nice start at the course and then work backwards to the verses Hmm. or look at your favorite movie and think of a really impactful scene and then what are all the things that happened before it and before that scene and before Mm -hmm. that scene and basically play the movie backwards in your mind. I think the goal is to get your mind on something else. And it's also not emptying your mind completely. You're not being idle. You have to cognitively think, hey, what did happen before that? Or what's the line before this one? Yeah. All right. So next we're going to talk about Uh, emotions and in different stages of life so we'll start with dating sure I'm gonna talk mostly about us dating because it is so vastly different than previous relationships but I felt so much peace when we started dating like I felt very comfortable around you Mm. and I've heard it said I don't know how true this is but like you don't want to be with someone who gives you butterflies and like makes you kind of anxious and like you're on edge when you start dating them Mm, you want to date your best friend someone you feel comfortable with and you want to spend your life doing things alongside probably the advice behind that is the feeling of the or quote-unquote falling in love Mm. or this feeling of you know infatuation just based off of first appearance is a dangerous trap to kind of disguise what truly matters within a relationship yeah and I hate the phrase falling in love because love is a choice. It is a conscious effort to put the other person before yourself. The truth is you do choose love. I think I could talk like slightly about dating to date Mm. real quick because most people just want to be loved or appreciated or cared for. Yeah. That is a human like kind of need. Kind of like eating. (laughs) (laughs) Well, God created us to be in community with others and... Sometimes dating is how you get that community. Wanting to feel included and appreciated. You can do some pretty dumb things to get in relationships. Or, or stay, stay in, in them, yeah. If you are having to make an excuse to stay with someone because you don't want to feel alone, then you probably shouldn't be in that relationship. If your emotion is, oh, I don't want to be left alone. Not, oh, I don't want to leave this person because I love them and I appreciate them and they make me a better person. 
Yeah, and also, like, I'm willing to put in the work to make them a better person, too. Yeah, it should be a mutual relationship that is not Mm one-sided if you're dating someone. I think it's very easy with, like, we talked about in past episodes with social media and Tinder and dating apps and of all sorts that give us this almost a extra facade for who people are because they can say anything about themselves on their profile. Yeah. And then when they come to meet up with you, they have the most outs of any person in the world because everyone drives now and people can just block you and just never see you again, never have to worry about it again. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very fake webbing of what they're seeking, which is fulfillment and love, but it's shallow. So the emotions around dating, I think, are anxiety, uh, this feeling of, oh man, when is too late? Yeah, just like waiting for the right person is very disheartening sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel like you've missed something or you're behind in life that's probably something to note then i don't think there is a age that you should start dating yeah i think you should date when you have become the person you want to date yeah and i also think if your goal is to get married don't date until you're ready to get married yeah and don't date a person just to date them mm-hmm. if you know you're not going to marry them don't date Save them. the time. Oh man, so much emotion. It's taken very lightly, dating. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the gateway to forever, though. Yeah, it can so, be. If that's what your intention is. If that's your intention, it should be, too. Because, you know, people date to date, and there's this mentality within the world now that is, let's do the best for myself. And you should focus on yourself and do the what's best for you. If it feels good just to date, just to date, do it. That's the world's mentality. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care who says that, they are not getting the fulfillment we were created for. And it truly will leave them wanting. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what the world says about that, I know for a solid fact, I don't care even what science says about it mentally. I'm sure science would probably back the fact that a long-lasting relationship is more they those people have probably more peace mm-hmm. lower le- cortisol levels. probably a lower rate of suicide and I, these, these are things i haven't researched but i can just know this from being married and also dating you dated more people than i did i dated a lot of people in a short period of time yeah because i was seeking something that i didn't have and i dated one person for a very long time and it was emotionally manipulative and really destructive for my self-confidence which already wasn't great so So, we were both doing it wrong for sure and it's good though that we learned what was wrong Mm -hmm. because now we can look at it and not just be like hey yeah we found each other and we married each other and it's all good and perfect and it's easy to do no it's hard to do it's still hard to do and i love you more than anyone in the whole (laughs) world Uh, i think marriage is pretty easy but when i uh, the reason i say it's easy is that's the wrong word for it it is Fulfilling. Fulfilling and makes you a better person. And that's what I want. I don't care about easy. I like hard things. I think hard things make us much better people. Because if we didn't go through difficulty, whenever hard things hit, we'd be in shambles. Yeah. We're never going to get stronger unless we face those hard things. Yeah. There was a snippet on a podcast called 314 Project uh, where they talked about until you get to your limit and then keep on going... After the lim- your limit, wherever you go past that is where you see growth. 
And a lot of times we don't even get to our limit. We're too afraid yeah. to try. Yeah. So, and, and that's not with everything. Like, you don't want to get to your limit of starving, star, starvation. Obviously. Uh, and so there's common sense and also wisdom within mm-hmm. that. But uh, I think pushing yourself to be better people is always a good thing. With being married. When we got married, what did it feel like for you? Um, like, actual wedding day? I felt so relieved when I actually got to see you mm. and kiss you and, like, spend the rest of my day with you because mm. that entire morning was so chaotic, getting ready and having people come into the house and organizing all those last-minute things. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. And there are some key people that help with that those, those times, which is nice. Um, and I think the wedding day in general was just something so anticipated, yeah. right? Because I knew I've, I've been wanting to get married for a long time, even before I met Hope. Uh, so it was just a... A time of like, oh, yeah, this is this is what I want, and I'm yeah, glad I'm here. And like, uh, this is the way it's supposed to. Yeah, be. this is this is how it's supposed to be. This feels very natural. Like yeah. for me, it was like not a oh man, I'm so nervous and everything. I was just like, this is what I want. This is this is what I've been looking for. So, I I think that could be different for some people. But if you are feeling like a little bit maybe double-minded about getting married or not it's probably not time yet mm-hmm. uh, i wouldn't throw yourself into any type of long-lasting relationship until you know it's time and don't let other people push you in either there's can be a peer pressure within getting married because of in-laws or uh family members or anything like that or even not getting married quite yeah yet. if you feel ready uh in, in when i say feel i don't mean just a heart feeling I mean, a you've looked at the the facts like this person is good for me. Blank, 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 blank. These are the reasons. Yeah. And I'm good for them because of this, and we both are in the same mind on on the hard subjects. Like, it should be a little bit logistical. <laughs> yeah, because you have to go through life and the responsibilities yeah. of being an adult with this person by your side. Yeah. And if you don't agree you on those sure. big things, you're going to have problems. You should be very sure uh, about that decision. It, it should not be taken lightly. No, and we talked about those really big things very early on when we yeah. started dating. It's true. And that's why we continued to date. Yeah. And now got married. Five years later, almost. How exciting. How exciting is that? So, yeah, I think... Uh, Marriage brings security. Mm-hmm. Um, this feeling of constant affection and love. Uh, and it ebb and flows based on what's happening. Yes, definitely. Uh, and sometimes when I say love, I'm there is an underlying, like, I will always be loving hope. But when there's tough times, or maybe even it's just a bad day saying to hope or her saying to me hey i need some space is also a very okay thing and should be natural yeah and i think a lot of times with us specifically we will ask for space when we have some things we need to work out between us and god before we bring it to the other person some internal processing that needs to be done i think internal processing is very uh, healthy and sometimes things just don't need to be processed out loud with your spouse yeah not everything needs to be said that you're thinking, basically, is what I'm saying. 
that can be dangerous. Yeah, I, I don't want to know all the things in your brain because <laughs> there's a lot of calculations and numbers I, you got to keep track of. And I'm yeah. out here like picking out pink colors and <laughs> wiping booties. Yeah, both of our minds have enough on them to not have to load both minds onto one page. Right. Now, within the important things, we should be on the same page. That's why we go on dates and talk about those things. Yes, and have mental health check-ins probably once a week. Yeah, it's just so that we know where each other's at because that's super helpful. I think that should be something to note in this portion of our conversation is be checking in with your significant other about how they are mentally. Because if you know them mentally then you can approach them in the proper way. Yeah. Because, like, when we first got married, I had that very stressful job, and my mental health was a lot lower than it is now. Sure. And you approached me in a probably more gentle way than I need now. Yeah, well, I also I needed more support. Yeah, I used a, like, every bit of my time when she was home, I was with her. So that I I could show her that I cared so much. And I still do care so much. But it's a different time of life to be able to, you know, we're focusing on expanding our minds. Enjoying some leisure time and downtime when we're not having to take care of a baby. Yeah. Like there's so many different dynamics now. So I guess meeting your spouse where they're at when they need certain types of care. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask your partner for what you need. Yeah. If it is space or if it is more physical attention, Mm -hmm. like being willing to be vulnerable and say, hey, this this. is how I feel right now. I need some extra help. Yeah. Or get away. (laughs) (laughs) So being a parent, how does that change? What is the difference in mindset emotionally well your hormones are all out of whack during pregnancy and Mm. postpartum yeah because you're like growing this tiny human inside of you and then that baby's not in your body anymore so you gotta plumb it back down and only have hormones for one person instead of two yeah and i remember being so mean to you (laughs) just like so sleep deprived and i can't be mean to the baby because they don't know any better and there's no one else to yell at so it is a difficult time yeah and i'm I'm so sorry (laughs) like currently i'm sorry for the way i treated you i forgive you baby (laughs) thank you i actually was thinking throughout the time this is how i coped with whatever hope said or or the reactions she would have at certain things that usually wouldn't bother her much or, or something like that. Yeah, and, and you are not the same person when you're pregnant no, or postpartum. And, and, I, and I think I was very glad to have gotten that before like her emotions changed. Or, or just not her emotions, but her hormones changed. Because I expected certain types of reactions to things. <laughs> so like whenever she would react maybe in a completely different way than normal, I would just tell myself in my mind, it's hormones, man. She's just not in her right mind. <laughs> no. It's not her. It's no. her hormones. And so I was able to really cope, I think, pretty well and be patient because I knew I knew who Hope was. I know I know who Hope is. So like it was like almost just a scientific like, okay, she's got different things going on in her mind now. 
Yeah, and even when you were sleep deprived, you were still like, "Hey, I got this." <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> I was trying my best to be patient with the baby because my mind was so at its limit oh. that I'm a patient person, and I don't. I'm not quick to get upset either. <laughs> no. I, I am very. I am like so docile. <laughs> I'm not one to ever even like think about raising a hand to someone if there's ever someone that comes up and tries to fight me i'll probably just talk them out of it (laughs) yeah and that's just i'm I'm being honest like i would you'd rather be a friend with everyone yeah so with that in mind like it is extremely challenging to be a parent and also be patient also to be the husband of a hormonal (laughs) wife (laughs) And and it's probably going to be different scenarios for various people. But yeah. no, and I told this to Joe. I told this to Joe the other day. I was like, listen, Haley is going to be a little bit more blank, 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 blank. And I filled them in on like different things that yeah. I, not specific things, but just like, be ready. You know, prepare yourself now. Because I knew, I somehow I knew. I just knew. I feel like dad told you. No. No one told me. No I one knew. told you? I knew because of other things. Uh, like, during your period. It was a very similar... Oh, yeah. Hormones are different as well. So, like, it was a very similar thing, but always... It's amplified. And amplified. It's, like, two, <laughs> like ten times more amplified and always. <laughs> Except for, like, the second trimester. That was just, like, oh, we're chilling. Yeah. That first trimester... I felt very anxious, like, oh my gosh, there's a tiny human in here, and, like, what's happening? Especially, like, the first pregnancy. Yeah. You you don't know what your body's going to do. It's a lot of new. Yeah. Unexpected, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Look at how, this is where parents started, by the way. (laughs) This bar graph. This is where parents started. This is all the other ones. Y'all, buy our audio graph. I can guarantee you parenting will be the hardest thing you do in life. (laughs) It will be the most emotional and we're only two years into it. But it's already so rewarding. Oh my gosh. And worth it. I will encourage parents even more. Or not parents. Like, I already wanted to have children. I will now be encouraging other parents to have children. It's Um, so good. It's so fun. It's so fulfilling. And to watch your spouse be a parent. Oh yeah, it's so fun. Just to watch also your child, like, interact with people. Mm, especially with your spouse. Yeah. Like, hey, this little person who is half me and the person I love <laughs> loves the person who I love, too. Yeah, there's, like, just a lot more love. Yeah. Sharing a bunch of love. Oh, my gosh. She's been getting up behind me, like, giving me kisses on my shoulders. Oh, my gosh. She's so sweet. She'll just be, like, going around. If you're sitting there, she'll come up to you. And she'll just, like, kiss your shoulder. Yeah. Or if, like, you're standing up and she can't reach you, she'll, like, kiss your knee. Oh, yeah. So many knee kisses. It's just... She knows, like, what affection is. Because and we show it so right, much. I think that's and a she, very important part of parenting. And, it, and she, like, wants to show that affection back. So, like, she, what better way to do it than the way they do it for me? Yeah. You know? And we also give each other affection. So, like, yeah. hey... I can do that, too. I can do that, too. I want to show them I love them. That's how I think that she yeah. thinks. Like, I want to show Dad and Mama I love them. So I'm going to kiss them. I'm going to hug them. Yeah. 
It's so good. And when she does it unprompted, it is... Oh, and when you get like three or four kisses in a row and I'm like... She really Thanks, wanted girl. that kiss. I, I, I needed that. <laughs> that is honestly something we talked about how taxing it is and stressful and the different things yeah about it. i think that's mostly that first three months like that newborn yeah. phase but on the other side of that it can be extremely therapeutic oh yeah to have a child yes and i think we talked about that in previous episodes and definitely at my therapist yeah like having a child has healed parts of my inner child yeah because you're able to like kind of reflect yeah Based on, like, how you're interacting with her. Yes. And, and knowing what you'll do different. Yes. I've made a lot of different choices than my parents did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it has benefited her, at least in these first 18 months. I mean, I just look at her and every single time someone else comes up and sees Elizabeth, they are stunned. Yeah. At who she is and how old she is. Like, it, and I'll... I guess I'll just say this to parents or new parents or people who are wanting to be parents. It is vital how much time and effort and love you give to your child, even in the first few months. Yes. Or maybe even especially in the first few months because they are at such a state of learning, vulnerability, and trust that they need a par- two parents to love them and care for them so much. But also to encourage them and help them believe that they can do the hard things that yeah. life throws at them. Yeah, that is not to say I wasn't trying to say that to say baby them. I was, and, and I would even say talk to them more like an adult because <laughs> they'll learn words quicker that way. Yeah, but not in a mean way. Just encouraging. Uh, there's so many. We should do a baby, a baby episode. I would love to. I love our baby. All the parenting tips we've learned. We got a lot more learning to do. We do. Yeah. I think my emotions as a parent are the most stable. Hmm. And I think that's largely due to the stability of our marriage and that we do prioritize time with God and with each other without her. Yeah. As well as with her. Yeah. Like we're just adding more members to our team. Mm-hmm. And... In- getting more secure, more solid in our foundations, as Dad likes to call them. you got to build your foundation. I think it's super rewarding to see hard work paying off. Yes. Because, like, you can be passive as a parent, as a spouse, and just let things come as they go and figure out things on the spot. But when you are actively trying and making plans and communicating your thoughts to your spouse and like deciding things together Mm -hmm. it is evident the difference it will make in your relationship and how it will affect people around you Uh, so I think the intentionality behind a strong couple is vitally important for not only the child but the relationship yeah you can't put your marriage on hold when you have a kid yeah. Because the kid's going to grow up and they're going to see what's happening to mom and dad. And then yeah. someday the kid's going to leave and, and mom we'll and dad are going to be all alone again. Also, the kid will mimic what they saw. Yes. What do you want your kid, what type of relationship do you, do you want your kid to have when they move out? Model it while they're at home. It is very, like hope is a living testament to being a wonderful spouse. Uh, 
and her parents are, are great people. I love them. But their home life is very different than ours. Yes. So her breaking that pattern is a very difficult thing. Yeah. That's partially why I'm in therapy. <laughs> there's statistics that show, like, you are most like your parents within relationships. If you want to know who your spouse is going to be, go and look at their parents. Yeah. Basically. So uh, with that being said, like, it is very possible to better yourself and be different than whatever you were raised with or or maybe just upgrade you know depending on on your situation but i've definitely upgraded i think based like certain things in our our marriage that we do differently than even my parents and i think it's because every relationship is very unique and they have to be different yeah because the world changes and we are living in the world despite not being of the world and we are different people yes than our parents so we have to do things a little bit differently and that could there's this weird thing with coming back into like uh uh, family reunions and such things like that where a lot of family members be like hey why aren't you doing these things this way well we're not the same people yeah, <laughs> like, we experienced that over Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, and, and it's okay for people to observe things or encourage or make suggestions, but to judge someone for doing something in a different way might not be the wisest thing. Yeah, and it can trigger some really unhealthy emotions in those people. Yeah. And it takes time to recover from that. For sure, yeah. I think when it comes down to it, maybe if this could be like the emotions around family members... Uh, would be to be understanding where people are coming from as a perspective and also to be very cautious with how you present your own perspective. Mm -hmm. Because we know that when people are throwing a perspective at you, it can be hurtful and maybe even just in your eyes wrong. But from their perspective could be the right thing to do and they're just trying to be helpful so being gracious when their perspectives are thrown and also mindful with what you say because when it comes down to it what are we to do with with others to love them just to love them and we've talked about this in therapy a bunch of times knowing what your circle of influence is yeah and the people that you can affect and yeah. make real change in their lives. Mm. Like for me, it, it's you and Elizabeth. That is my circle of influence. It's the three <laughs> of us. Yeah. Those are the ones I can not control, but like influence and affect their lives, hopefully for the better. Definitely for the better. And everyone outside of that, I don't have control of the way they think or act or mm. present themselves to us. Yeah. And being able to focus on, like, hey, here's what I can do. Here's what I can fix. Here's what I'm responsible for has really helped me kind of tune out those extra voices. Yeah, that's good. I think that offloads so much mind space. Yes. Right? Because you don't have to think about the thousand other people that are in your life. Oh, man, what can I do for this person? What can I do for this person? And while we can be helpful for others... We shouldn't be bogging our minds down. Yeah, it is not our responsibility to fix everything for everyone else. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. People, fixers and pleasers like me. (laughs) I used to be. I used to be a people fixer and pleaser. But I've learned that 
that's not my job in this world. Yeah. Already, like that, that's just like basics. But even further, I think I'm not effective if I would try to be. Mm-hmm. So why would I give that effort if I'm one, I'm not really making a real change, and two, it's bogging me down. Yeah. So and all you people pleasers and fixers out there. Stop also, trying so hard. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of going back to the filling in from an empty cup. Yes. That's what my therapist was talking about. He brought up the thought that when do you do something? Like, what are your hobbies? And what do you do? And I told him about my woodworking. And he's like, okay. Uh, do When do you get to do that? I mean, you do it all I the time it. for work. And I told him, I said, you know, I just kind of talked through it myself. I said, I never take the time to do something for me because I always know there's an, another project. Yeah. And what did he say in response to that? He said, you need to do something for you. Yeah. You need to spend time in, and maybe even just for God because you are important. And if you are empty, you can't be a help to others. Mm-hmm. And so... What, there was a, a drain or a reservoir? Yeah. He said you could either be a, a water drain or a reservoir. You can let water flow through you and you can help someone else but be dry every single time there's no water flowing. Mm-hmm. Or you can be a reservoir and overflow and affect everyone around you and also be full. Yeah. That's what I would like to be. I think I do that in some ways, but I'm mostly a drain most most of the time. And I, I think I get full more quickly than maybe the average soul, just because like I have this gift of exhortation and wanting to help others so much so that it gives me this feeling of fullness when I'm helping. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at home and I'm not giving that, I do feel sometimes slightly low on reservoir so i think what we've figured out to do is spend some time doing something i love doing just not for anyone else not for work not for anything just maybe on the day off that i chose to rest to do it for me yeah you are just as important as the people you're trying to help and it's been really hard for me especially to realize that Hmm. like i have value by myself i don't have to be anything to anyone to have value yeah that's a good thing to know though because it's the truth right right and and i think it's easy or maybe not easy but it's common in people to value themselves based off how they've either affected other people or are helping other people right your productivity is not tied to your worth as a person yeah You have worth regardless of what you do. God created you just the way you are without flaw. Well, I mean, sin makes you flawed, but... Flesh and us makes us flawed. We are a whole, complete person in Christ. Perfect. And he delights in in us because of Christ. Yeah, that is who we are. That is our identity. We are found pure and blameless in him and are grateful for the lives we've been given because of that. Right. And the bodies we've been given because of that. They're not perfect, right? We can't be perfect in this life. But we can be grateful for what we have. Yes. Wesley. It's a great example of that. He's a quadriplegic man who can barely talk. And he is one of the most joyful people I have ever met. How humbling is that? 
when we gr- grumble about kicking our toe on the corner of the thing. And he can't even walk. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, and I'm thankful to be here and be able to talk with you and encourage you. And thank you for your encouragement, just seeing who you are and who you're becoming. And it's really nice. It's refreshing and encouraging and uplifting. Thank you, honey. That was really nice. If you have nice things to say, please <laughs> email us. Email us at what's mine is yours pod at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram at WMIY underscore pod or join us on Facebook at what's mine is yours podcast. Yep, because Twitter sucks. <laughs> All right, until Thank next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.